episode 10 of Chew on This, a Nerds United podcast. And this is our first ever um, theme, I guess you would call it. And yeah. It, it's, uh, it's our casserole episode. And basically what that means is we're going to just try and uh, talk about everything or whatever comes to mind. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, are you fucking kidding me? You guys only have 10 episodes in and you guys lazy fucks didn't come up with a, a, a theme for this episode. <laughs> and no, no, we're not lazy no. fucks. We no. actually tried thinking really hard and couldn't come up with anything. So there, fuck you. That's so, right. Screw so, you guys. This was our plan all along. Yeah, you we just had, didn't we know. Had, we just knew on episode 10 we would not... Uh, we would want to talk about everything. So double double digits, bitch. All right, cool. So, um, <clears throat> well, okay. So last week, you know, we talked about Walking Dead, and yeah. the the sucky thing the sucky thing about recording that was that we missed out on the second episode that we were that we could have been able to talk about. Right. And so, um, you caught it, right? You caught it the other night. Yep, I'm all caught up on the Walking Dead. Um, Sweet. So what do you th- what'd you think what'd you think about uh spoilers everybody what'd you think about um Rick and Michonne hooking up You know I kind of was waiting for it like I I forget which season or which episode that I remember there I thought there was a little chemistry there and I was like okay mm-hmm. and you know it kind of went away and then you know the whole Jesse thing happened and then when it I saw you know them in bed together um mm-hmm. It was surprising, but not at the same time. I was kind of waiting for it, and it kind of made sense now, especially after the last episode where, you know, Michonne was freaking out that she couldn't go out there and help Rick, you know? Yeah. So, like, that wasn't much of a tease at that point in time, but it just shows, like, that, that you know, Rick and um, Carl are major, um, you know, like, family for her, so... It was, it was, it seemed like the episode was like a, uh, they definitely flash forward, I think, what, two or three months or something like that? It was two months, yeah. Two two months, months. okay. So, like, the beginning of the episode, it kind of showed him, like, um, you know, she was in a robe and he was just kicking back and they were just like, they look like, it kind of looked like they've been hooking up maybe for a little while, but I I don't know. But, but it just seemed like they were totally family oriented and they were just getting along and they, they dug. Right, um, I didn't. I living, didn't see. I didn't together. think to. I didn't think anything of it because they basically live all in the same house. Like I think Daryl lives in that house too. Um, even Carol. Oh, really? Think, yeah. They all remember when they first got to Alexandria. Oh, okay. It, it, they, I thought maybe stayed, by now they, they all stayed in the same house. No, um, Eugene and uh, Abraham and I forget that other Tara girl's name. Sasha. Yeah. They're in, yeah. they're in the house next door, or somewhere close, and then all the main you know the main group is together. I think. Like Tara, Tara's staying at Denise's though, because she let on that right, right, you know, that in her right. sleep, yeah, yeah. That that episode is crazy. Jesus actually is a pretty major character, um, and I don't know. I mean, all you Walking Dead fans out there that love Daryl to death, you know that. I mean, if you read the comic book, Daryl's totally made up. You know, the rumor mill is going right now that uh, Jesus is pretty much going to take over Daryl's role, and that Daryl or the actor is leaving at the end of the season. Like that could be the big. The big to do at the end. I still think, you know, according to the comic book, I still think it's going to be Glenn. Uh, but whatever. Well, I, um, I think I think I think the actress who plays Maggie let out a big spoiler for me since now that uh, since I now I've actually read up to Negan in the comic books. 
mm-hmm. but I, I don't, I can't remember the actress's name, but she said that uh, the, Lauren the, Cohen, I think. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, she said the se- the season finale for this uh, for this season was the most difficult, the most emotional that she had to do. And when she said oh, that, I was wow. like, oh, something major is going to happen. And then I read up until the Negan part and the comic books, and I'm like, it's got to be, it's got to be Glenn. Yeah, yeah. That that image. Is, oh my god, it was still, so it, I couldn't get that cra- fucking image. It, it's out of my right head. up there. It's actually past uh, Carl's image of his eye. No, it's, it's it's way it's, fucking it's worse. Way it's, stronger. Yeah. It, the thing that happens to Carl is such a a quick shock. You know, it just happens, and then it's it's essentially over because Rick, you know, yeah. basically picks him up and carries him off. But the fucking Glenn thing, holy shit! Yeah, it's. I a mean, big, it's a big, big build up. It's a huge build up because that Negan guy is such a cynical fuck, like just messing yeah. with him before he picks picks Glenn. You know man. who they need to? Oh my god, they, so gross! They need to call Tar- They need to call Tarantino to uh, direct that that particular episode <laughs> because oh the build god. up. Tarantino's the genius, so emotional build up guy. It's happening like, oh my yeah. god. It it was you were not kidding when you said it was it was rough and I mean I didn't have a nightmare about it but um, I couldn't get the image of the first oh my god it's fucked up dude so Lucille bad. is fu- I I can't when they show him and they have Lucille I'm gonna freak the hell out yeah me too <laughs> I'm gonna, me too, I'm gonna freak I know, out I almost kind of wish I didn't fucking read past you know where I did or oh. got up to now. Because, oh, yeah. Well, it I might know be when that when that season finale <laughs> hits, holy shit, I'm going to I'm like I'm seriously going to get up and walk away from the TV. It it could go one of two ways. What if if they don't do it, you're going to be pissed. You're like, "Wait, where's the payoff?" you know, but if they did do it, you're going to be like, "Oh my god, like that just killed It's kind of like if you yeah, rewatch like, the episode of The Red Wedding where you wish it doesn't happen, you know, like No, I know. I know. I, I've only seen that just, episode once. I, I only needed to see that one time. I can't. It's such a, a strong. Oh my god! It, it's the, that's a huge build up too. Where I was kind of like, I, I didn't read the books of Game of Thrones, yeah, but I like I knew either. something was, I knew something was up, but I just wasn't sure. Yeah, and because then, everybody on Facebook freaked the fuck out. And yeah, everybody kept I, saying I, like, "What the fuck, Game of Thrones?" And like was cursing up and down. There was like no major spoilers, but I knew. I I had it on the DVR saved, so like I had that mentally, oh. I had that episode mentally filed away, and then when I got to it, I was waiting for it and waiting for it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, well, how bad could this be? And then the what some people don't know is that the TV show made that scene worse than it actually was in in, in, in the, the books, books because yeah. in the well, they books, killed a pregnant woman shit in the in the books she's not pregnant and she gets away. Oh right, that's right. So, so she never, that. she was never carrying his son or anything like that. What made the show worse was that she didn't get away, and they knew that she was pregnant. So they fucking purposely stabbed her that way in the show and killed the right pregnant in the stomach. Woman. Yeah, right. That like, is awful. So it, I remember like reading an article about that and. Um, George R. R. Martin was saying that I don't know why you guys are complaining so much. My version was less brutal than what HBO did. <laughs> oh gosh, what they've done to like Greyjoy, you know, lopping yeah, his like, knob like, off and making him. I didn't. That, he said like I didn't. I didn't kill a pregnant woman, <laughs> you know, in the red yeah. in my version. Like that's not as bad as you think. 
they do some pretty sadistic things on the show for sure. Yeah. I, I haven't I haven't got one of these days, I don't know, maybe I'll listen to the audiobook since I'm in the car a lot, but I just um the show's the show's been pretty hit and miss for me. Like as far as like The Walking Dead's concerned, I think I've enjoyed it pretty much all the way through. But like the Game of Thrones, I know of season two and even last season just dragged and dragged. You know, I, I wasn't really that into it. But like the first season was pretty strong and there were aspects of like season three and four that were pretty strong, but um, hopefully they kind of, you know, they hit the ground running right with the new season. Well, comes. Now, there's for, like, well now for game of Thrones, you know how we read the comics and we were waiting for the whole uh, Carl thing. And, you know, we were yeah. talking about that last time and well now game of Thrones is all caught up. So everybody's on the same all page. Caught up. Nobody knows what's going to happen next. I kind of like that. I kind of like being on even ground now with everybody because, you know, I have some friends that were diehard Game of, Game of Thrones fans. They read all the books and they're just like, oh, my God, you don't even know what's coming, you know, and all that kind of shit. And I'm just like, all right, which yeah, kind of they don't know probably some of my friends, you know, that don't read the comic books kind of of Walking Dead kind of have that same feeling toward me when I'm like, oh, my God, you don't even know what's happening. You know, they get pissed off at me. They're like, shut up. And I'm like, well, there's still probably a good another two seasons worth of walking dead before they, I think totally catch up. Maybe, maybe a little less than that. So, but, um, cause I think they're up to 148 issues or something like that. And I think All right, I'm where right they're at like where, 98 or something like that. Yeah. So where they're out right now is like 50 to 60 issues back. So, you know, they could, they could, they could drag it out. They dragged season two out of walking well, from, dead. That, from the Carl issue, to the Negan issue, there's about I think ten issues. Yeah, it's not that far. So it's how really many how many far. episodes are left in The Walking Dead? Uh oh, of this season, you yeah. mean? Yeah, I uh, because that's a good if, question. If, if, I'd say if what five said, or six. What that actress said, Lauren, was that her name, yeah. Lauren? If she, what Lauren she Cohen, says, yeah. like, is why I think it is because that's where Glenn actually bites the dust. You know, then well, they're going to get well, the first issues. time. Yeah. Well, well, you know, the first time you see Negan is that image. I mean, that oh, particular God. scene, which is what a fucking entrance, dude. Yeah. You know, it's such a cra- it, it's it's such like I, I'm of two minds. One is like, oh, my God, what what the hell? You know, I'm just I was just freaking out. And the and then when you kind of think about it, you're like, what a hell of an entrance for a character just to pop up and bam, you know, this thing happens and you're like, Oh my God. Dude, I was, when I was reading the comic book the other night and I was on that, I was on that issue when Negan was introduced. I kept, I kept picturing the walking dead show in my mind as I was reading it, even though I'm reading, right. comic, even though I'm reading a comic book, I'm picturing right. like Maggie's actual, the, you know, the actress who is, you know, how she's going to react to this. And, I was, picturing, I was picturing, um, what's the actor's name who plays Glenn? Uh, Glenn? Oh, yeah, I his name. Steven, is it Steven Yoon? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Steven? I was picturing so. his face, not Glenn's face in the comic Right, book. that's, we tend to and do that. Was, that, that's what's, that, was what, that was what was screwing me up, because like I wasn't looking at a comic book, I was looking at a real person in my mind as I'm reading it. Even though I'm looking but at, a, you know, basically a picture book, I was still picturing the actor going through that. Yeah, don't you think though? Don't you think that was pretty lazy writing though? That they almost killed him off twice, and now if they actually do what they're going to do in the comic book, that it's kind of like 
I, I don't think know. Third it, time's I think a it's charm. Trying to like almost like <laughs> giving. It, I feel like it was almost giving them it like. And if that again, if that ends up being true, I feel like it's almost giving them like a um, a false sense of security that like no, they're not going to fake. You know, they're not going to they're not going to kill Glenn. They almost killed him twice. They're not going to do. it. Oh, you think they're playing with like, the audience that do not yeah, read the comic book? That's what which I'm a majority thinking. of it really is. That's majority of people think. that watch that movie, yeah. I'd say the majority of the people that watch that show have never read the comic book. Because if, like if everybody I talk to, they don't even know. It, half the people I talk to even know the comic book even exists. I'm like, yeah, where do you think they got this shit? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't you know everything comes from comic books now? Nothing exists. Like, nothing, <laughs> yeah, real nothing exists. exists anymore. That's um, crazy. You know, if, if, I didn't, if I didn't hear about Lauren, that actress Lauren Cohen again, mm-hmm. you said? If I didn't mm-hmm. hear, if I didn't read her words about how emotional this season finale was, I would believe in the Daryl rumor. But I don't think it's Daryl. I think it, yeah, based on what she what said. What if God? What if they do a? What if they do a one-two punch? You know, I don't know. Maybe that'd be that would be because more, that well, that... it wouldn't be way more brutal because Daryl doesn't exist in the comic books. Right, that's true. Well, the Jesus character, um, who actually they kind of whitewashed him to be honest, because I think he was Latino. Um, but that character is so wily. He's very like, he, he knows martial arts. He knows how to like use weapons and, and all that stuff. And he's very like, he's like almost like a Houdini. I, I kind of believe the thought that he's going to be like, kind of like the new Daryl, like when Daryl, because that actor, I mean, at some points can be like, I'm, I'm done with this, you know, I'm out of here. So like when Daryl goes, it's going to be a big to do, but they got to have somebody in there to kind of fill the shoes a little bit. So, kind of like um, I don't know, you know, Star Wars. You know, we just lost Han Solo, but now Luke is going to feature prominently in the next movie. So, that's going to be a big, a big deal. You know, again, the, um, the actress, the actress is messing me up for it because if you think <laughs> about storytelling wise, right, Daryl, mm-hmm. Daryl doesn't have a storyline. Anymore, not anymore. Not His storyline was he was supposed to go out and find people and bring back to Alexandria. Now that's gone, and like so right. he doesn't really have a storyline anymore. Like everyone else's storyline has has done something. Well, you know? he had he had the storyline with his brother. Then his brother died. Then he right. had this. Uh, I think he had a different story past. I just can't really think. Um, he had the obsession next with one. finding Carol uh, Carol's daughter, and that okay, was his right, obsession right, forever. That um, trying to find Beth, and then right, um, right. trying to find people to bring back to Alexandria, and now he's just kind of there's no nothing left for him. You know, yeah, so no, I mean, I and mean, then and then of course the rumor the actual actor has another TV show starting up too. That's what I heard. I heard AMC picked up a show from him to do. Um, it's all about um, motorcycles or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. I can't remember what it's called now for the life of me. AMC's just like giving out uh, TV shows to people. I guess Kevin Smith now is going to have a TV show about yeah. um, called Geeking Out, or that's the tentative title or right, something like that, with, with Greg, uh, Greg Gunberg. It's with the guy yeah, who was in Heroes. Heroes, and he is J.J. Abrams' uh, best friend. Yeah. So, you know, that could be interesting. I, you know, I'd probably watch that. I, I like Comic Book Man. I like watching that stuff because I, I see a lot I of like cool him stuff. In the, in I like him in that, but sometimes, when, well, every time when the camera's on him, he just plays up to the camera too much, and that's not how he normally talks. Yeah, it's kind of strange. You know, when I, I've seen him on stage, and I, I love uh, seeing him live. 
Right. He'd always, you know, always, yeah. you know, really, really good. Such a good storyteller. But yeah, when the TV does come on, he kind of animates a lot, and um, even did that a little bit at Hollywood Bambalon when we were when we saw him. But that was a good episode, actually. That that episode's usually that show's usually hit and miss, but that show that we went to was pretty awesome. Yeah, um, a couple months ago. But um, yeah, so Walking Dead's, you know, it's going, it's going steadily. Um, Dude, but I'm telling you right now, the show that kills it from week to week is The Flash. I'm having such a good time watching that show because they're just doing whatever the fuck they want to do. Yeah, and somehow they pulled off so King entertaining. Shark this week. Dude, King Shark. Who do I? He's like, what, the fifth or sixth tier, like, bad guy? Like, he's just nobody, but yet they made him cool? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> he... I, yeah, I, I dug that so much. You know, that was just kind of the foil of the episode. But yet, they're still not really... I mean, they were able to do an episode of the uh, bad, bad villain or villain of the episode or villain of the week, sorry. And then, but still keep the main storyline intact. And and um, and what do you think about uh, now that they revealed who Zoom is? I told you who Zoom was. Which Remember, you, you was yeah, you... You guessed it right. I guessed that it was either Barry's dad or it was um, – I had guessed somebody else, but now I can't remember who it was. But you said you said it's got to be Jay because of the fact that toward the end they played up that whole like pulling him back in. No, there, the was that dop- there was that doppelganger and there was that one episode where Jay found his doppelganger, says the dude's name, and I can't remember – I can't remember the guy's name now. Oh, yeah. He was sitting on the park bench. Right. Sit on the park bench, and he said his name, and I and I was like, "Well, that's got to be some kind of significance." And then, and then I remember not looking it up, but then I saw an article the next day that said that's Zoom's like other name, like his real name um, in the comic oh. books. And I was like, "Okay, well, why would they throw that in there if like that's a pretty major fucking thing to put the original name of Zoom, you know, before he became Zoom." Well, um, I think because a, for the average viewer, for, for the average viewer, they they probably went right over their heads. So, like if it, the, the real like people that read maybe the books or kind of knew, because only the like the really really higher. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't read. I didn't read it. I just. I just know like how those writers write when they're doing stuff like that, and they they always yeah. try to sneak in spoilers or Easter eggs and things like that. Not spoilers, but Easter eggs. And because like there's so many things in the Flash and even Arrow where it's an Easter egg, but it doesn't have anything to do yeah. with the plot. But in this case, when they said the name, I was like, I wonder if that has any significance. Like you know, when we were talking about things that pay off in movies and things like that. Yes, like it's yeah. like my mind is like trained for when I'm watching a comic book to like trained to listen for Easter eggs or something that's out of the ordinary that they make it a point to right. do. You know. So, yeah, so I was wondering why So he, that uh, it was such a weird scene because he had to take Caitlin to the park and show him this yeah. guy. And then yeah. they made a big, you know, a big... Made kind of a big, big deal, deal about, about it. it. So that's why I paid attention to the name. I was like, I bet you that's significant, but... And then and then it was revealed that it was... Uh, it's Zoom's surname or... Yes, I, is that surname? Whatever. And, yeah... Um, um, and then it happened, but, in the, and then it happened in Flash. Like it made sense. He was he was the same height yeah, too. T- he was the only guy. Yeah, totally. No, it totally makes like sense. That. 
it's such a great, they're just great storytellers. The thing that I'm now that the, the mystery is who's the guy in the iron mask. Who is that? I don't know. Who's but the he, one that, but when, but when, uh, he taps Garrix, out Jay on the, on the wall, right? When gay yeah, when, on the glass oh, wall, when Garrick is dropped to the floor of the cell or whatever, the dude mm-hmm. in the mask like freaked out, like he knew who he was or whatever. So I wonder, wonder who he could be. I don't know. It's it's crazy though. It's it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, whatever when they reveal when they reveal that. Good. When's yeah. that Supergirl episode coming? Uh, two weeks, right? What's hap- Uh Yeah, um, the Flash's uh, uh, cameo on there, right? Yeah, he's crossing over um, on the CPS. I think that's uh, it's such a good idea. I, 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 you know, when that first started at the beginning of the year, the season, I remember going, oh, I wonder if they're going to do that. And then I thought, nah, the the different networks and whatever. But they made I it work. Listening I, to, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Not not Berlanti, the other guy who was on Kevin Smith's podcast. Uh, Jeff Jeff Johns. No, Kreisberg. 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 I don't know. Whatever. Oh, Kreisberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kreisberg. He's like his partner in crime with these comic books. He was yeah. on that, he was on the podcast and he said that he said that he wasn't he didn't think it would happen because they're two different networks even though they're owned by the same company. So he actually and he probably did it just to throw us off because I remember specifically that's, paying attention to that that he thought it would never happen. That's possible. Once they said it was going to happen, I really wasn't surprised. I was more excited. I was like, right on. That That's going to be pretty cool. Because then it opens up the door to like even Arrow or some future shows coming up. Like, you know, um, even um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow could, could cross over. And I think it was a good idea to to have the CW characters to go on CBS first. It's almost kind of like a good faith thing because it, it's, it'll really boost – Supergirl's uh, ratings, um, right. even though pretty much everyone's probably watching that. If they're watching The Flash, they're probably watching Supergirl. It's almost essentially the same kind of thing. The same. Well, you caught. You finally actually caught up. So what? What do you think? Was it? Was it? What I said was it true? That it kind of finds it kind of loses. It's it's trying to find itself in the beginning. It. And- it's still trying to find itself. Like the you know at first I remember the Clister Flockhart character i was like oh my gosh she's like the fish mooney of yeah, this yeah. of this show and and she's kind of toned down here and there like she kind of humanized her a little bit and she right kind of toned her thing down but you know every now and then she'll bring that out and again you know a little too much it's not as bad um, as fish mooney though it's not as bad as it initially was so I'm, I'm okay with it okay with her um the whole love triangle with Jimmy Olsen thing's getting old you know like yeah, his girlfriend's like here and then his girlfriend's gone and his girlfriend's here and now she's gone and I'm just like, really? She's jealous of. She was jealous of Superman to begin with, and that's why they bail, like he <laughs> broke up with her. And now, yeah. jealous of Super. I'm just like, come on, man! Like, who cares? Well, she it's, is a pain it, in the ass in the comic books. Yeah, I mean, it's so. It looks like next episode she's going to be going to the Fortress of Solitude. So I'm wondering how. Yeah, they're gonna... yeah it's yeah. People are asking why? Like, stupid questions too. Like is it is it her fortress of solitude or no you idiot it's Superman's fortress of solitude yeah no it's it Superman yeah it's his house he's just like come be at my house maybe she's on the run well, or she's hiding a, from yeah, somebody yeah he, he's on the run she's on the run I should say over whatever mm-hmm. the villain of the week is tomorrow next week 
and she only has one safe place to hide, and Jimmy Olsen takes her to the Fortress of Solitude. Okay. And I'm thinking, like, look, I know Superman wants you to grow into your own, but if you're such a, under such a big threat that your life is in danger, that you have to hide out in my crib, maybe I should step in and help my cousin out that I'm supposed that's to love. That's what I'm love. saying. That's why it's really hard. Like, I, I, they keep, I feel like they keep writing, you know, writing themselves in a corner, but I understand in a way, like, why you wouldn't want to call Superman all the time because then he would just swoop in and, and defeat right. everybody every single time. Just like, you know, in Force Awakens, they're like, oh, well, we were going to have, you know, Luke in it, but every time they were getting in trouble, Luke would just save the day. So they're like, let's make Luke the MacGuffin. Yeah. So, you know, Superman, in any, I mean, there's a couple times where he's like, do you need any help, cousin? She's like, no. Like instant messenger. Yeah, which but, is so but, weird. But going so weird to, to me. Yeah. But go. But it kind of. I like it because it, that's the little things that keep it grounded. Like yeah, that this, yeah. these are like you know quote unquote real people where they still use a phone, they still use instant messenger like we do and stuff like that. That's right. What, that's right. what keeps it grounded. Zack Snyder, shit like that. <laughs> oh no! We'll just explain everything away and say everything's a multiverse. <laughs> Whatever. That but still doesn't I, really hold I, a lot of water. I, the, my problem with the, the su- no Superman and Supergirl is I didn't have a problem with the whole talking and, and checking in on each other once in a while and, and her saying no to his help. But my my issue with the coming up episode is that if she's in so much danger, again, mm-hmm. that she has to go all the way to your Fortress of Solitude, like... First of all, why didn't you just give her directions? Because taking Jimmy Olsen there is just really logistically a, a nightmare. Like she's going to have to carry him the whole way. Well, again, that's part of the whole love love thing. Yeah. That's they're probably going to hook up there. Or something's going to happen. You know, <laughs> they'll be in the space blanket or whatever the fuck. You um, know, the, the but yeah, silver my, blanket. But my issue with the episode is that you know now that she's in so much danger. You know that would actually call for Superman to say, you know, I know you didn't you didn't want my help, but I'm here anyway. And that's how they would write in the cartoon anyway. You know, yeah, I mean, definitely. Well, in the cartoon, she would just call out, and then Green Lantern would show up, and Cyborg would show up, and this guy would show up. I mean, they, I do like the fact that Martian, Martian Manhunter, which I honestly, for whatever reason, didn't see that coming until his eyes started glowing red, and I was like, oh shit, awesome. You know, I don't think they figured it, it out him. at that point because, again, going back to Kevin Smith's podcast when he was on there, um, mm-hmm. the, I think it was right after he was revealed that, as Martian Manhunter. They didn't mm-hmm. know that they could do that. They thought that he was going to be taken from the, for the movies. like, And they basically told him no. So that kind of is a spoiler that Martian Manhunter is not going to show up in the movies. But, right. um, but they gave them the green light. So... And that, but that was after the show started, and yeah, yeah. So they didn't. They actually, I guess, they were thinking something up for him because they showed from the very beginning that you know something was off with him. Um, but that leads me to believe that they didn't really flush out his character yet, and they had no idea right. until they gave them the green light. And then they, because they told so little about that guy at that point in time when they decided to make him Marsh Manhunter, they could have made up anything, and it still would have. You know, that's really true. They must story have, flow. That's really true. And I'm well. I'm glad they went with Martian Manhunter, and because he looks sick, he looks really. He good. actually looks really. Yeah, you know? He, you know, for a TV show, you know. Yeah, for a TV show, it doesn't that, look too bad. It, it, it looks really good. Hey, it still looked better than uh, than Snoke or whatever the hell that guy's name is. Yeah, it looked, it looked better, better than, than that Tuesday. guy. 
Yeah, yeah, he de- definitely, for sure. Um, speaking of which, um, did you see they have a brand new um, trailer? They had a brand new, yeah, they had a brand new trailer for uh, Batman v Superman that yeah, kind of vindicated kind of it a little bit better. It's kind yeah. of good. It's, I mean, the the thing that that caught me when I watched the third trailer was Batman fighting in a live action movie that I've only seen him ever fight in the cartoons. That see, that would have sold me from the beginning. I don't understand DC's DC's marketing is terrible. I mean, look at what, look at what Deadpool, exactly. Look at what Deadpool did. I mean, they didn't need to show, I like one of their advertisements was like, we've shown you 5% of the movie. You know, I was like, I was pretty, pretty funny, but like they didn't need to um, give away the goodies. I mean, a lot of the stuff was, was left in the movie that was surprising and awesome and funny and all that stuff. And, and Superman and Batman, I mean, the, the sheer, just the name alone in the title is enough to bring anybody to the theater. So you don't have to show a shit ton of footage. You really don't. Now, I only believe that they showed that footage of Batman fighting because they fucked up the last trailer. That's they're like, I oh, we got to we got to win these exactly we got to win these thinking. guys back. We got to win these that. guys back. Yeah, and instead of having thirty seconds of Luther, we're going to have five seconds of Luther in the trailer. Yeah, you know, and and no Doomsday and and barely any, um, you know, Wonder Woman and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, that should have been the trailer you should have showed before, and that would have been fine. You don't need to do any more. There's no more you need to show. So you know. Yeah, whatever they got, they got, they got, they're so reactionary to everything that's going on instead of trying to be at the forefront. Everything. Everyone's just like, oh, you just sent me that news this week about, um, about them for some reason. And this, you know, for some odd reason, right after an R rated movie just destroys box office records, you need to come out before your movie is even out in theaters. Let us know that there's going to be. A director's cut R-rated version of Batman v Superman. Now, it, it's, why is it rated R? Because, because in every comic book that I've ever freaking read that had Superman in it, it was PG thirteen maybe once. Yeah, maybe once. And and Batman doesn't kill. So, no. what could possibly be rated R? Superman don't curse. Batman doesn't. That's what really I curse. don't. I don't know. I think it has to do. With violence, so I mean, if I were to guess, it has. But it has to, to be. We're talking violence. hardcore violence that neither Superman yeah, nor Batman would have done, unless he's no. actually showing people being blown to bits by all of his goddamn explosions in his movies. Then I don't know what could possibly be rated R because there's well, there's no reason for a lot of cursing in a movie like that. No, but my take is because he had no qualms having Superman destroy an entire you know, city block or two that Batman probably, again, he's changing the mythos of the character and all that stuff that Batman doesn't use guns. Batman doesn't um, kill people. Batman doesn't, um, as far as I know, maim people or cripple them. You know, he just beats them up, puts them in jail. So to have him like searing a bat symbol onto someone's chest or, you know, cracking necks and doing that, I'm going to be really pissed. If if they do over the top stuff, you know, like 
you know, when I watched that trailer this last time, it made me think of Arkham Knight, the video game. It looked right. like a video game. Yeah. But but I liked awesome. that style of violence. It looked fucking awesome. It really did. I was like, okay, that's the Batman I've been wanting to see. And it's pulled way back so you can see him really fight. You know, it's right. not all zoomed in like yeah. Nolan's. And so I dug that. But that whole rated R thing just really threw me for a loop because I'm like, like you, I'm like, where are they going to show Wonder Woman's boobs? Like, what are, what are they going to possibly do? Which I'm totally, I'm, I'm all right with that. But <laughs> what are they going to do? To make it rated R, I I firmly believe it's just oh, uh, Deadpool did it. Oh yeah, yeah, we were doing we already planned that. We were doing rated R too. Yeah, it's just it's horse it's horse shit. And and all along they've just been saying you know for months oh Affleck this is the definitive Batman oh you know finally get to see Superman do this and oh like all along and I'm just like why do you need to push this so hard when all you could just got to do is just. Let us watch the movie. You don't need to talk about because if, if it you know tanks, all that stuff. If it tanks, do you realize how much PR and how much moving around um, Warner Brothers is going to have to do to to let fix me, this? Let me tell you something. If this movie does not beat Deadpool the first weekend, people are going to be shitting on this thing for a long time. They're going to be laughing. And it's going to be a disgrace. I hate to say that, but like Batman v Superman should obliterate any record out there because it's never been seen before. Yeah. You know, you've never seen the two biggest superheroes on the planet be in the same movie. You know, I'm sorry, but like DC characters, I think, are bigger than Marvel characters. I really, really believe that. Like Superman and Batman are the three. pinnacle. Yeah. yeah. Spider Man, Spider Man's the biggie in Marvel. Third, third or fourth. Yeah. Yeah, and I I would say Batman and Batman's number one, Superman's a close second. That's just how I feel about it. Well, but, I mean, Superman was the first superhero, basically. I mean, there was nothing yeah. like him ever. Yeah, you know, so, seventy five. It's going on eighty years or whatever it is now. So, you know, and Wonder Woman's right up there too. Those are the big three, the huge, you know, huge three. I, I really truly believe that that if Man of Steel did you know, what it was supposed to do, which it didn't, and it wasn't Zack Snyder, you would be you would get a lot more hype for this movie uh, than you're getting now. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are psyched for it because it's Batman v Superman. A lot of people are psyched for it because for some reason people like the way Zack Snyder does movies. And like I said before, Zack Snyder I, is awesome at filming comic book scenes. Like, he can frame... Yeah a shot where it looks like a fucking comic book strip. But, uh, but I was never psyched character development in his movies. I was never psyched. I wasn't psyched when they hired him to do Man of Steel. I was like, yeah, why don't either. they get Brian Singer? I was like, get Brian Singer back. I don't care if he's doing X-Men. Tell him to fucking throw that away and go, you know, do, well, actually he did what? Superman Returns. So I got, maybe I'll take that back. So, but when they got, um, when they announced, you know, J.J. Abrams for Star Wars, I was like, that's brilliant. That's exactly yeah. the way – that's perfect. You could and not so have there was not a bigger a, Star Wars fan to be a good director. You, you couldn't. You couldn't have. And and I felt very comfortable for a really long time, you know. And then when they started showing footage, it was like that was it. Well, that's they Disney. Never all, they always hire these directors where you're like, wow, that's an interesting choice. Other than when they did who, – who did directed Iron Man 3? Shane Black. Shane Black and that movie is a total Shane Black movie. It's all dialogue, and you know he, yeah, he worked with uh, he worked with care. Robert Downey and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is yeah, an amazing, that, really a good movie. movie actually. But 
not this. I mean, the dialogue didn't rightful. bother me in that the third movie. The movie just sucked. Yeah, but yeah. But, anyway, yeah. but well, to the whole Batman. applaud them for applaud them for doing different directors. You know, Peyton Reed came on to Ant Man, and I wasn't really that excited about it because I really wanted to see an Edgar Wright Ant Man. Yeah, and um, but I I loved it. I I loved it a lot. I so, I when. I remember when Kenneth Branagh was hired to direct the first Thor. I thought it was a brilliant choice. I mean, I know he never done yeah had had done any kind of summer blockbuster movie, but I was like, well, if you're going to try to bring a god who has, um, you know, this mythical story and this mm-hmm. almost medieval or whatever you want to call it, like this romantic, this romantic, almost Shakespearean. Yes, exactly. I was like, well, you got the perfect director for it because. That guy's gonna be able to build the characters around the spectacle, and right. you know it worked pretty well. It worked for the most part. Thor yeah, the second, is yeah. like you could not have gotten probably a better Thor movie than we got. I I totally agree with you. I was I went in that movie with little to no expectations, and I came out of there going, "That was a pretty. That's awesome. I, they made a Thor movie. That's fantastic." You know, well, now mean, he's again. Part it was of the Kenneth thing. Branagh directing, so you knew you were going to get some kind of quality. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so again, they, absolutely. So, but, but here's the thing: when when I heard that Zack Snyder was doing Superman, I got the movie that I expected from Zack Snyder. Absolutely, I got a, I got a movie that that has this fucking overtone on his movies, where everything has to be dark and gloomy no matter what, and mm-hmm. you would get a shit ton of awesome visuals, just tons and tons of visuals. But you would not get character development, and you really wouldn't, and there would be a shit ton of plot holes. No. So name name a couple of directors besides Snyder that if you walked in the theater and watched the movie, you're like, I know who that is. I know who directed this. Michael Bay by far. Oh fuck! Yeah, yeah, and for sure. Shyamalan. Because M. they have Knight, a certain yep. way of framing, like they have a certain like color tone and stuff. Like those are right away visually, like you would know. Yeah. You know who's doing that? Tarantino uh, has way, a certain way of doing it too. Tarantino, Wachowski brothers. You know, use or Wachowski, brother yeah. and sister. Cohen <laughs> uh, um, brothers. Cohen brothers. Yeah, you know right away. You're just like I. I know. I, I know who this is. Spielberg. Spielberg. Um, yeah. No, those are all. You oh, know. You know. Speaking of Spielberg, I finally saw Schindler's List. You finally saw saw Schindler's List. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! Yeah, I know. I find it's it's it. a hard. You know what though? It's a hard movie to watch. It took me a, a while before I decided to watch it. I think I waited for it to come out on video. Actually, it was like, it wasn't as rough as I thought it was going to be. Well, I mean, with The Walking Dead and all this other shit out now, it it kind of true. probably desensitized you. Yeah, back that back in the day though. Yeah, was that well, I saw Saving Private. And, I saw Saving Private Ryan in, in the theater, and I that first twenty minutes, I I almost threw up, man. I was like, yeah, was, "This was is brutal. unbelievably." It was fucking brutal. You could not have gotten you know? if, if you wanted to know what war was like. There, there were that's probably horrifically what that fucking beach was like. There were people like from the, like World War Two vets that he invited to watch the movie that were crying. They were just like, "That's exactly what it was like." You know, they just like just holy shit. You know, you know, for the most part, though, um, that move is not that good. It's not great. It's kind of it's, it's got an interesting premise ended, to it. It's book ended with two really great visual battle scenes. Yeah, but the middle of the 
story is not that it great. It drags in the middle. It drags in the middle. And like but each person gets picked you off. In. It sucks you in in that when the, when those when those doors opened on those boats and those soldiers came out, it oh from my first God. frame it got you. Fuck. It's so God that's that a movie that's hard to watch carrying too. That, that that soldier's carrying his arm, you know, yeah. it's ripped off. I was well, like, how oh about, my god! How about the uh, the guy who ended up dying in the uh, the end battle, where he basically loses the fight and he slowly is the getting knife? stabbed in the heart? Yeah, that's a rough yeah. scene too. Yeah, it was rough because they they were they could have killed that guy earlier in the movie. They let him go. And or that no, that other no, yeah, he showed up, but he had a chance to save his friend. Then he chicken shit out, chicken shit it out yeah. at the bottom of the stairs. That, that's right too. Yeah, which it happens. You know, they, they that movie was pretty good in that it really portrayed, um, you know, war how awful it is and how it people react, different people react to it. And like Tom Hanks, like what kind of pissed me off, but then at the same time I was like, all right, I get it. They his character just like all of a sudden drops down, like just gets shot and drops down and then dies, you know, right. like a main, the main character, it almost dives off screen even like when he gets shot, it's right. like so fast. And, you know, so I was like, Oh damn, you know, this, they're just not, they're not taking any prisoners on this thing. It's, it was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, yeah. So speaking of Spielberg, he has a movie called uh, ready player one. Yeah. That he's, he's going to be prepping. Oh dude. That's off that, a book, right? Yeah, it's a book. Um, I haven't um, exactly read it, but I've read the premise of it. I'm you got to go read up on it. It's pretty cool, and they I think they hired somebody pretty well known to be in it, but I can't remember who it is now. The life of me, but it had the same date as episode eight, and so it moved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> episode eight's like, um, yeah, we can't get the movie done by May, so we're gonna go to December. And Spielberg's like, damn it, you assholes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I chose that date. Yeah, I mean, duh. If Lucas of was still directing. Move. He might have been like, "Fuck it, I'll roll the dice." Uh, can you imagine that a Lucas and a Spielberg movie opening? The, I mean, besides Indiana Jones, but I mean, two different movies from two uh, two of the craziest directors. I mean, that would have been amazing. That would have been like a one-two punch. All right, here, here's a question. Ready? If yeah. if Lucas directed Episode Nine, right, and was coming out uh-huh. on, on one Friday, and then at the same time. Spielberg goes back and directs an E.T. sequel <laughs> and is releasing on the same day. And it's Spielberg's, excuse me, it's Spielberg's brainchild that, you know, it wasn't Paramount or who, 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 uh, who released E.T. Was oh, it Paramount? Uh, oh, no, it was, um, holy shit. Why was, can't it's I not 20th it? Century Fox. You're, uh, uh, Universal? Yeah, Universal. If yeah. So if they go back, and it's not Universal that's begging Spielberg to do it. Spielberg has a story. He said, I always thought I would, re-, you know, he says he never will revisit, but something he came He cracked the code? Yeah. And he, he comes out and he's like, I worked on the story with um, uh, Mike Stanton, I think is his name. Well, I'm, I'll, I'll have to Toy stop story. you right there. Be, I'll have to stop you right there because I, I, it, I don't think... It doesn't matter what goes up against Star Wars. I'm going to pick Star Wars every time. Really? It, it, it even if George Lucas would, directed one, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I, I would. Um, I'd still go because it's Star Wars. It's my first love. I, I'd go to it, and then immediately 
leave the theater pissed off, and then walk into the other theater and watch Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, be, we'll meet each other in the hallway because I think I, if the, if that was the scenario, I think I would choose E.T. Really? Like high five each other on the way? Like, dude, you're fucked. Yeah, like, I walk out sucked. of E.T. And you, too. I walk out of E.T. too, all fucking happy smiling and crying and shit, <laughs> like tears of joy. You come out and I'm crying pissed off, for being and crying pissed tears off. of anger. <laughs> And I'm pointing and laughing at you like I fucking told you. <laughs> uh, you like see me walk out. You're just like I don't want to go. If in there, that was the it. scenario, if that was the scenario, you, I, I would, I'd be a betting man to bet on ET being the better of the two movies. <laughs> you see me like 20 minutes in. You see me sneak in and sit next to you. You're like fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what are you doing here? He's like, I don't know. The movie opened up, and they were st- they were talking in a courthouse, and I fucking left. I saw the opening crawl. I was like, "Fuck this!" Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking talking it says, trade federation. It says, Jar Jar God damn it! Is missing. Has it's vanished. C-SPAN in space again. <laughs> Fuck! Did, fucking Donald Trump is in this movie. I don't understand. Wait, what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck this movie. Oh God! Yeah, I, yeah I, would, I would have to choose ET. Okay, well that's cool. I mean that's good. I mean it'd have to be something pretty spectacular. I don't even know. That's why I was. That's why I was trying to figure out like a a movie that would be worthy of me, worthy of me like not going to a Star Wars movie, <laughs> even if it was directed by George Lucas. Listen if, to the. T- what? what would you name that movie though, dude? ET two. ET two. What would you name that? E.T. Um, back again. E.T. back to the forest. Or I would, back, what I would, would you maybe call I'll, it? I would probably name it Elliot. El- <laughs> oh, shit. God damn it. That's a good one, isn't that's, it? That's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> I would name it. I would name it. Ouch. <laughs> well, that's, I would name it phone home again. That's that's why you did not name this podcast. Starring Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin's back in Phone Home Again. Oh, my God. I want to punch you so fucking hard right now. <laughs> well, Henry Thomas. I don't know what happened to that dude. I, don't I guess know. I see him once in a while. Dude, I, based yeah. on his audition tape, there's no reason why that dude had should not have won, like, 10 Oscars. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like that. What I loved about E.T. was it almost felt like documentary style. It just felt real. You know what I mean? Like, the, the people... The relationships and the family and all that stuff. And, of course, you know, E.T., for whatever reason, I mean, I look kind of look at it now. I'm like, it's like a brown turd with legs like, <laughs> walking around. But, but God damn it. You know, when that thing died, I cried in the theater. Nine-year-old I still me do. just crying. I fucking still do. Yeah. My dad, that, just, apparently that was my first movie that my dad took me to. But okay. I, don't, I don't remember it. But he tells the story that he took, you know, he took us all to the movies, me and my cousins. And um, when E.T. died, everybody in the theater was crying, like sobbing hard. And you're like, you're like, why is everyone crying? And then when when the light came on his chest, they they cheered equally as loud. Like, I wish I could remember something like that. I wish I could. Oh, I remember it. I remember did, did, did it. But did here's you get the same reaction so, in your in your viewing. Oh my god. Um from everybody the, the hairs on my head stood up, dude, when that red light came on in his chest. Like uh, for whatever reason, I guess I was stupid when I was nine cuz like nowadays if I'd go see that movie for the first time, I mean, well I would totally love it. 
I would I would know that he would come back to life. Like I would just know that I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, you know, it's written in there. I know that's just because from all the movies I've seen, but you know, as a nine-year-old, I watched it. I flipped out. Like hey, that wait scene, a minute. No, it, because that 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 equivalent to me is this: if I if I now <laughs> at that if at this age go and see ET, I would still be bawling my eyes out. Because here's why I think that: because I went to go see Toy Story three, and I thought they were going to fucking die at the end of that movie when they were about to be put into the incinerator. So like Shit, I was me. all you got me. So you I was all emotional because, there. Yeah, you got me. Because if it's that because good of a story, if it's that good of a story, you're sucked in no matter what. And that's what E.T. is. Well, you know? can you imagine those fucking dolls falling into the fire and they die and then it's just like credits? And you're like, what? Dude, I, was, I was fucking, I remember walking out of that movie and then, and then, and then the fucking nerve of those Pixar guys, right? They just put us through hell thinking that these right. toys were going to die, right? And then they pull that yeah. fucking scene at the end of the movie where Andy plays with the, the toys kid. one last time. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I'm I'm like a grown man watching this in the movie theater. I crying. know. Like, I was openly weeping. And my son was sitting next to me going, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> like, what's the matter with you? Because he was like six, I think, at the time. And he had that sensibility. It was like, I got out of that movie. I got out of that movie, even though it like had a, you know, a happy ending. I was emotionally drained. From watching Toy Story yeah, three, yeah, that that last that last twenty minutes was crazy. It's, yeah. it's fuck because he pulls each toy out and talks about how important. Or oh what. my god! Yeah, and when he got the so when he got the, I was like, good. oh my god, don't do it, don't go to Woody, don't go to Woody, because like I was, that's when I lost it. I yeah, lost it when too. he was like talking about Woody. I was like, oh fuck, you guys damn suck. Pixar. That movie made a shit ton of money. They're actually doing another one. You know that? Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. I kind of wish. I kind of wish. I, I'm there too, but I kind of, you know, in the back of my mind, wish they just would have ended it right here because that was such a perfect ending. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, such at the same a perfect time, ending. If you got a good story, you know, yeah, why fuck would you it. Not they got watch those guys again. I mean, every Toy yeah. Story movie is better than the last. Yeah, it's a tall order, man. But you know, but if anyone has a good track record besides Marvel, Pixar is like. Although, dude, did you see the Good Dinosaur? I did. I, I see. I did see it, and it was. Actually, a pretty good movie, but it tanked at the yeah. box office. Well, even the even the worst Pixar movie is still way better than a ton of shit out there. I, I I'm but I'm not saying thing, it's it was cars. rated pretty high on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not Cars level uh, to me, but but I thought it was their weakest effort since like Bugs Life. It's it's which is not saying it, it's still that's a tall order. I mean, Bugs Life is fantastic too, but I just felt like it was kind of a misstep for them a little bit. Like, but, but at the same time I was like, you see, I'm of two minds again. At the same time I was like, they really took a risk to do something really freaking different. And so I dug it for that reason, but I but felt you, but that you, the only reason why it's a failure is not because of how good or bad, how good the movie is because the movie is actually pretty solid. Um, it's not, it, it's, it's nowhere near cars bad. I mean, cars is in the 50% tile on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Good no, dinosaur. Cars 2 is really is like, bad. Cars 2 I is think, the worst. I think good dinosaur is certified to be fresh. Yeah. So rating well, wise, the movie uh, was good, but for some reason people just did not go to the theater, to go see I, this movie. Well, I'll tell you why, because I almost went to, the only reason why I went and saw it, because it's Pixar. I've seen every Pixar in the theater, no matter what it is, even Brave, anything, all those movies. And, um, well, Brave was awesome anyway. But, I mean, that movie wasn't marketed toward me, you know, Brave. But Good Dinosaur, what, what I think what, 
what kind of turned me off a little bit to it, I guess, oh my God, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the animation, like the dinosaurs just didn't look what I thought they would be or the, the little human boy and stuff like that. And I was a little, t- because with the technology and all that stuff, I've seen things just look way, way better. Okay. So but as far it's as it's crazy that you say that, it's crazy that you say yeah. that because when I was watching the movie, the first shots that you get are of plants and stuff like that and grass and water. Right. Uh-huh. And I'm watching this. I'm like, holy shit! This looks amazing. No, that looked awesome. I'm talking about the character. No, that's they what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. Anything for me? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm getting to that part because oh. it was going up to. You remember, it goes up to this shot, that long shot, and then it shows up to the egg, and then it shows the yeah. dinosaurs. And I'm like, what the fuck? This looks like a Sesame Street characters on top of like Avatar, like the background yeah. of Avatar. Like the, that's the, kind of the that's kind of a good description. Perfect. And then you get these like cartoonish, um, you know, characters. I mean that, but I don't know. Maybe don't it's know. just, it just a marketing, right. dude. Maybe yeah. it's just a marketing because there are other movies that, while they don't have the same, um, I mean, they have the kind of the same story as that movie, like Ice Age. Like, there's a bunch of movies that have the exact same plot structure that Good Dinosaur, but what. What good dinosaur? What made it different was that the dinosaurs were kind of the ones that ruled the earth, and they had a sensibility about them. They built houses, they they grew food and all that stuff, and that the that the humans were kind of like these you know little pests and stuff that ran around, like little animals and stuff like that, or pets, you know. So I, that was the one thing that I liked about it because it, it was quirky. It was a quirky movie, like different, but. I just didn't think it was strong, you know, compared to some of their other material. Well, but I think a lot of that, too, is I think a lot of the movie, I think the problem with the movie, it's not, it's not bad. Again, it's rated like in the 70s or 80s on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. However, here's the movies that are in The Good Dinosaur when I saw it. Lion King, that was in it. Mm-hmm. For me, that was in it. Lilo and Stitch actually were kind of in it because the way Lilo and Stitch kind of had... Yeah, that kind of – I kind of got that more – I mean, Lion King was kind of obvious because he comes back and all that stuff growing up and all that. Right. But but um, the Lilo and Stitch reference um, kind of – because it was the quirk, it was so quirky. Like, I remember when Lilo and Stitch came out, I, I went and saw it because I was like, I'm really interested to see what the hell this thing is because it was right. a weird mish, mishmash. It actually works. You know? That movie actually works. And it worked really, really well. Yeah, I was really impressed with that. With and that was Disney animated, yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know, again, Pixar's I'm not saying this is their worst movie, but definitely, I think, um, box office wise, it's their worst, yeah, even it is by below, far. even below Cars 2, I think. Um, but I think Inside Out standard, probably had a lot to do with it too, because this is the first time they released two movies in the same summer. That I think it's oversaturation, you're right. I think. You know that that possibly can even happen to superheroes if they don't spread them out a little bit, or even Star Wars. But um, I, I think you're totally right. That had probably a big deal it, to do. I with think it. Inside and, and Out is probably one of the best Pixar movies. It's probably you my can't top fucking five. you can't compare the two, dude. Like Inside Out is just fucking amazing from yeah. beginning to finish. It's so. Like, it's just genius. Like, these guys spent years probably developing that because it's so complicated yet so simple. I can't even explain that movie to people. I just have to say, like, you just got to watch it. Yeah. And if you have a kid, if you have a kid, be prepared to ball your eyes out at certain points. <laughs> yeah, yeah Pixar, the, good, if you, the really if you, good Pixar movies, 
really know how to gut punch you. Yeah. Well, and and if you have a daughter, which I know you have too, you're going to be crying even harder because, yeah. yeah. I mean, just the way I cried in Toy Story three because I have a son that that killed me for that reason because I have right, a kid. Right. Um, but, how about in the begin? How about up? Speaking of gut punching, the the first like. Ten minutes of unbelievable, up. unbelievable storytelling. I didn't know about. That, I didn't even know that was happening. Like I knew nothing about the movie going in. I just knew it was Pixar. I'm watching this. The little only cute thing couple. you know about they hid the marketing campaign was brilliant for that because all they showed was a fucking house flying around balloons. I'm like, I'm in, dude. That looks awesome. And what they presented was something I I didn't even know I wanted to see. And and the beginning is so gut wrenching, but so beautiful at the same time. I, I was, just like these I was crying, motherfuckers. Like, I was yeah, like crying ten minutes into a fucking cartoon movie, right? And then they turn around and turn this into this adventure, you know, with crazy characters and and a crazy bird running around and and dogs going squirrel and right. all these memorable things. I was like, how the fuck did they do this? Like, this is genius, you know. It's something so out there, and they do it every fucking time, yeah. You know, um, I I'm I'm so jazzed. I cannot wait till Brad Bird pulls out. Incredibles, Incredibles too. I'm so fucking excited for that. It's still probably one of the top five superhero movies of all time for me. Oh yeah, I mean that's what Fantastic Four should have been. You know, <laughs> yeah. just <laughs> people are like, "Ah, oh, Incredibles ripped off Fantastic Four. I'm like, "Well, fuck, who cares? They did it better." You know, it's yeah, like you've had four, you've had three chances to do it, and you fucked it up three times. <laughs> <laughs> Zero for three, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time, big time. So, um, yeah. Um, gosh, what else? There's just there's so much stuff out there. You know, I I finished up X Files. I don't really need to talk too much about that. They they're actually I heard somewhere I think Coming it was like back. today that they're they're wanting like to come back. They're setting it up with those two young agents. It looks like that, which. Okay, you know, they did that before and it didn't work. Um, but they kind of left it on a cliffhanger, so they've got to yeah, bring this thing back too. next year. Yeah. So they got to bring What if yeah, the they fucking six episodes sure. tanked and you left it on that? Yeah, I, I man. That was that was betting I, a lot on the fact that the six episodes would do really well. It was betting a lot. Like you think of like Heroes Reborn did that? They would have been confident about doing that. <laughs> no, like Heroes Reborn's canceled again. Sorry, Heroes. Well, apparently Tim Craig or Kring, Kring, whatever his yeah. name is, he yeah. said that he said that Heroes Reborn was only supposed to come in on the going to be a one off. Yeah, so I, I I I think it's still on my DVR. I haven't watched them. He he would not be saying that if that was a ratings bonanza. He would not be saying that. He would have been like, "Oh yeah, we're coming back," or "Yeah, that was awesome." Whatever. Well, I gotta watch so, it because because if if the if the season is self contained, then I believe him. If they leave anything open to interpretation, then there is all that. Well, good. There was always that. Good hope that luck. It would blow up. We'll talk about it when you're done. I I'm only I watched the first three episodes what months ago when it came out, and I just I could it's it just carries on the same fucking boring waiting around what's gonna happen like come on you know kind of thing that it used to do. And that drove me crazy. So I thought, you know, when they were doing this one-off, you know, like a 12-episode thing, I was like, oh, right on. Like, this is the way they should do it because they could tell a better story in a short amount of time. They don't have filler episodes and all that. But holy shit, dude, for whatever reason, 12 episodes felt like 50. 
you know, just come on, like, come on, you know, let's get going. And they had really good cast members in there, like really awesome people. They got Zachary Levi who played Chuck, you know, I love Chuck. Yeah. Um, such an awesome show. If you've anyone's never seen that show, watch it on Netflix, five seasons of pure joy. It's just such a, just a quirky show, you know, um, that just worked for whatever reason. I don't know. It was good though. I liked it. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm cool. I'm, you know, the X-Files just kind of, it opened up strong and then just kind of ended in a wet fart. Like people were, people are talking about it. You know, they're like, cool. That was awesome. You know, we hope they come back, but it's not like over the top. Holy shit. I can't well, believe they, this. They definitely introduced like a bigger, bigger conspiracy. They do. They need to really, they need to do eight episodes next time and they need to pump some money in this thing and make it really fucking, make the production value like Game of Thrones high, like really, you know, expensive and make it awesome, you know, or something, make it a, a, an event, you know, because um, this felt like an event, but at the same time, it kind of drowned in everything else that's going on. You yeah. know, they need to do something, uh, you know, I think Netflix would have been a stronger way to go, but you know, whatever. Um, speaking of Netflix, dude, Daredevil, fucking Daredevil, God damn it! Yeah, you see, you see the the there's two trailers out right now. Um, one's uh, features the Punisher, which just looks awesome, and and the second one, um, that I watched today features Elektra, and I'm actually I'm like okay, I'm like I think they they did her justice. It's not some stupid Jennifer Garner thing. Yeah, um, I, I'd still never seen that Electra movie. I might have uh, to before Daredevil comes back, but but I'm definitely going to yeah. be binge watching something at the end of that March, and it's going to be Daredevil. Yeah, I can't decide. I can't decide which one's worse, Electra or Catwoman. That that would you know, that's kind of like do I see George Lucas first or Steven Spielberg movie first? So which I don't know. Like I can't pick between Electra and Catwoman, but I could tell you that they're both really fucking awful movies. Like Catwoman, awful. Catwoman probably is probably the worst superhero movie I've ever seen, and I've seen the Dolph Lundgren Punisher, and I've seen <laughs> the Dolph Fury with David Hasselhoff, and I've I seen, will break you. And I've seen Oh Hasselhoff was Nick Fury. <gasps> you forgot? Oh, I forgot I about saw that. That like nineteen eighty something Captain America, where the guy was wearing a rubber suit. <laughs> Right, right, right. In a red skull look, yeah, he's yeah. wearing like so a rubber I've mask. Seen, <laughs> I've seen that's a, a Roger Corman those movies, and um, hated, I, I hated think Catwoman is worse because because of the star power, basically. Like you know, they're, when they're they all cast equally that, shit, when... they're all equally shit. But you had yeah. Sharon Stone and Halle Berry. Sharon Stone. Oh, you mean Michelle Pfeiffer? No, Sher- no, no, no. In Catwoman, Sharon Stone. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about the different Catwomans. No, oh, no, oh, no, yeah. No, Sharon no. Stone. Sharon Stone was in that movie too. I forgot about that. Yeah, she, her Stone, acting is horrible. That's horrible. why I think. Well, that's why I think that movie is worse than those movies because you had legitimate actresses in that movie, and the the, the plot was fucking stupid. First of all, they all made him like they all made him like Fish Mooney. Yeah. Just way over the top acting, and it, the story was just awful and. You know, for those things, I think that's why Catwoman is the worst superhero movie I've ever seen. Okay, yeah, I, I agree with you because was, I don't, I don't even know bad. who played Captain America. I mean, it was David Hasselhoff playing Nick Fury, so that in itself is pretty comical. Was and, he? Um, was his chest hair hanging out? 
Was he running down the beach? I can't remember, but he did have an eye patch. Um, <laughs> you know, they're, you know they're remaking a Baywatch movie, right? And they're that, not yeah, remaking. They're they're doing a beach with uh, the Rock and somebody else. I can't remember. I'm, I might so actually see that movie because the Rock's in it. So I, I love the Rock. Yeah, the Rock is one of those guys where I know, like, no matter what the movie might not be great, he's going to be good in it. Yeah, even San Andreas. I went and saw San Andreas, and I I didn't think it was going to be anything. It was basically the disaster know. movie I thought it was going to be, but I like The Rock, so. Uh, yeah, I like The Rock in it, and uh, his daughter that plays in it is pretty, pretty good looking. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I saw True Detective, and I'm like, oh, my God, she's in San Andreas? i got to watch that movie. <laughs> I like the wife, yeah. um, Carla, whatever her last name is. Carla Gugino, yeah. yeah. I just oh, I just watched uh, I just watched Sin City, and she's in that. Oh, holy shit. She's uh, awesome in everything, that's, too. She's good in things. The first time I ever met, not met, the first time I ever saw her in something was that um, Polly Shore Nicholas movie. Cage movie. Oh, oh yes. Uh, That's right. I forgot she was in Son-in-Law. Yeah, Son-in-Law. Son I fell in love with her then, dude. I, oh, I loved her uh, so much back then. That's a good so movie. Good. That was actually a pretty good movie. It actually <laughs> was a good movie. Polly Shore in good movie is an oxymoron, but it's actually a good movie. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. That's too funny. God, memories popping up like crazy. Speaking of which, I mean, just really quick, um, I, I was uh, working today and a student came up to me and said, uh, hey, man, uh, what did you collect when you were a kid? And I said, well, that's that's pretty easy. I, I collected Star Wars figures. And he's like, well, did you collect any type of cards? And I said, you know what? Here's I, I'm embarrassed to say this, but there was a summer in 86 that me and my friends – for whatever reason, thought it was cool to go down to the local gas station, ride our bikes down there with a quarter. We'd each have a quarter, like four of us. And we'd slap it down and say, give me one of those garbage pail kids uh, (laughs) packs. And they had them behind the counter because they wouldn't have them out front because they were so popular back then that people were stealing them and shit. So they had them behind the counter. So we'd buy them and then we'd trade them. Oh, I have that one. I have that one. They were just gross looking. You know, they were kind of like total anti-Cabbage Patch. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. I I collect those cards too. Yeah, because they've actually made a comeback. There's like Series 3 or 4 right now or something like that. But Series 1 – so anyway, I'm like – I said, you know, Garbage Pail Kids. and And he had this smile on his face and he pulls out a Garbage Pail Kid card. From 1986, it was 30 years old, and I'm looking at it, going, "Holy shit!" Like this flood of memories came back, and and I'm like, "Are you giving this to me?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, no, have it." And I was like, "Oh my god, dude! Like that's awesome! Like I, I never thought I'd ever see this again, you know? Because I sold my collection like years ago. Collection, <laughs> I sold a long time ago. Well, because one day we were in LA, like me and my cousins, and and I, I mentioned to them, I like, and they're like, "Oh shit, we like that too!" And they bought a whole box from Toys R Us, which had the whole set in it. You know, like two sets, I think. So I had the whole set and I sold it, I think, back then for like, it was like 50 bucks to some kid or whatever. And now I read somewhere that it's upwards, I think a series one mint sold upwards of four to five grand. Fuck. And and if you have a regular, just regular cards, like this kid that gave me a card, um, if you had a full set, they were worth like five to six hundred bucks if they were just decent, you know. Oh, fucking A. I know, man. It just goes to show, kids, save your toys, leave save them in their everything. boxes. It's like that. Save everything. It's like 30 years from Mark now, Hamill. you're going to be a multi... You'll be a 40-year-old virgin. Yeah, you'll be a 40-year-old virgin. No, no, It was that Mark <laughs> Hamill, uh, not Tales from the Dark Side, but Amazing Stories. Amazing Stories. Where, well, where I'm sure Hamill everybody... out a guy who the leprechaun or whatever told him never to sell any of his stuff. 
But he didn't become right. rich until he was like 70. <laughs> That's the problem. Like right now with oversaturation of toys, none of this shit's going to be worth anything later on. But, you know, I've told my son, I'm like, he's pretty cool. Like he doesn't like opening things and pulling things out. So like all of his shit, his Star Wars shit is all boxed up. Perfect, you know, and, and mounted somewhere for everyone to look at it. It's not shoved in a closet. But, um, yeah, the funny thing about Mark Hamill, and I mean, every Star Wars fan knows this, but Mark Hamill signed an agreement with Lucasfilm way back when, when he wanted to do, be Luke Skywalker, that in his contract, he got to have one of everything that was made, Star Wars. And they said, sure, I'm going, whatever, dude, you fucking idiot, you know. And he's laughing all the way to the bank, too. I mean, that guy's got warehouses filled with Star Wars. It, he says, like, every other week or every week or something like that, there's a truck that pulls up full of Star Wars stuff. That's insane. Like for the, your whole like for the last forty years, he's got shit probably more than anybody on the planet, you know. And uh, I always thought, God, man, Mark, you need to open up your own uh, museum. That'd be amazing. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, I digress. We've gone uh, we've gone pretty far. Um, yeah, that's why it's called the casserole episode. That's why it's called the casserole episode. You know, we're going to have these once in a while, folks. We're going to have just where we're just going to sit down and talk about whatever we feel like. Um, just know we have no idea where the conversation is going to go. And that's kind of the way we, we do it anyway in real life. So not that this isn't real life, but you know what I mean? So you um, have to but we have to deal with it. You just have to deal with it. But we're going to uh, all next month is a bunch of goodies. Um, all going to be, uh, I don't know if we do. We want to reveal some of the stuff right now or um, um, what's coming up. Still a few months or away. Do we Still a couple months away, so let's just wait. But good things are coming. Well, the big bigger episodes are the, coming. Big episodes are coming for the time to come. But next month definitely is going to be an all Batman Superman month with some other goodies in it. So um, I look forward to. Uh, can't wait to watch Men of Steel and rip that shit apart. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, so we have some good stuff coming up. But uh, yeah, awesome double digits. We did it. Episode ten in the bank. I'm BJ. Vic. Later. Later.